All right. Good morning. Hi. It's good to see you. I think uh, you're probably not really going to remember much of what I say now that Conrad's come up here. You're all going to be like, oh. <laughs> Wasn't it great when Sam spoke and Conrad said something? <laughs> no, I don't remember anything I say. But he, he taught, when I was talking with him about speaking at church on Sunday, he's like, can I come up? And do an announcement. So it's all his initiative. <laughs> and I was I was like, sure. I was very curious, like what's what's this announcement gonna be? <laughs> I have no idea, but he he loves uh, and I'm I don't think that's the name of it. I'll have to find out the actual it's the kids Bible app. The kids Bible app. Kids Bible app. Check that out. Um, so there you go. You've got the you've got the prompt parents. Check it out. Um, all right. Uh, good morning. Hi. It's uh, it's good to be here. It's a real pleasure. It's been it's been quite a while since I've had the uh, joy of actually being up on up in front. Um, so thank you for the opportunity. Um, as as Mark was saying, I'm I'm here going to talk about some things to do with the cap. So I'm wearing uh, a cap cap. Uh, there we go. Uh, but uh, but I'm also, as Mike said, I've been a part of Hunter for uh, quite a long time. Hello. Let's see. I moved to Newcastle in 2003, so almost uh, I, 20, almost 20 years. So I, I kind of you know. Rock, that's apparently that's when you become an overcashing after 20 years. So I'm not quite an overcashing. Really close though. Um, but I'm gonna. Um, so as I share this morning, I'm kind of wearing my hunter cap and my cap cap. So I got the two caps on. Um, but yeah, as I share, I, I want it to be an encouragement for us as a church. I'm going to talk a bit about what we're doing with cap as well. But it's it's an encouragement for us as a church. So uh, as it has been a while since I've been up here, I thought I'd do like a 30 second version of of about me. So most of you. Have, have See me around, you know, you know a bit about me, but as I said, uh, I, I moved to Newcastle in 2003 as a young 18-year-old uh, to do a training course with YWAM. And I had such a great time. I loved YWAM, I loved uh, Newey so much, I thought, you know what, I'll just stay here. Uh, so I then, I was here, I joined YWAM, uh, was here for, for 10 years, um, in that time, I got to meet Aaron, um, so that was pretty special. Um, we, we got married. I, I also fell in love with uh, Russia in that time, and so in, in 2013 we moved to Russia, continuing to work with Wyoming as, as missionaries there. Uh, and then, uh, so we were there for a bit over five years, and in 2019 we moved back to Newcastle. Uh, so we had a few different options to choose from, and we, we went with Newcastle. Yeah. We were like, that's, that's the place to be. Uh, so we, we moved back to, to Newcastle 2019. Um, that was, for us, a pretty uh, difficult season of life, actually, that transition back. Um, and and uh, you know, was looking for work, needed to find a job, and was fortunate enough to uh, land a job at CAP, which is a... Uh, an organization, I mean, I was looking for just anything at that point. I wasn't like, I've got to continue this Christian vocation or anything. I was just, whatever, I'll scrub toilets, like I just need a job, I'll get to a, a good job eventually, but you know, wh wherever, I just, I'll start with something. And I was really fortunate that I 
uh, found the job at CAP as a, a Christian organization that's passionate about uh, helping vulnerable people and uh, passionate about uh, you know, helping the church in that as well. So uh, that's, that's a bit about me. Here I am in front of you today. There's, there's, there's a quick uh, recap. There we go. I'm going to do that by accident a lot today. I wasn't even planning that. Um, but today, uh, this morning, I want to talk about uh, particularly the challenges of poverty and what that looks like uh, for us, what, what it looks like around us here. Um, and then I, more importantly, want to dive into who Jesus is, um, because we are called to, to live like Christ, and so I want to talk about who we are as followers of Jesus, and, and who we are um, within that, who we are as CAP, as an organisation. Um, but I, I want to talk about that transformation that happens in the everyday. So if you remember that, transformation that happens in the everyday. That's what we're going to be talking about today. So did anyone, I'm going to put this question out there, did anyone know uh, that this week was anti-poverty week in Australia? Oh, we got a few hands. There we go. Good to see. Uh, so that, that's basically a campaign that's run, uh, I think it's been going for, for about 20 years, um, but it's, it's about supporting the Australian community to uh, understand what, what poverty looks like and, and what we can do about it, really. Um, so that's, that's actually built on the, I'm going to see if I can get the title right, the International Day for the Eradication of Poverty, which is quite a mouthful. So that's October 17. Internationally, October 17, uh, I think it's was initiated by the UN, but this idea of the International Day for the Eradication of Poverty. Now, sometimes when we talk about poverty, it's really easy for us to think um, the like that's a third world thing, that's that's over there somewhere. Uh, but actually, um, poverty is something we we see everywhere. It's an issue for us um, right here. Uh, so. We're, I mean, in Australia, we're very fortunate. Uh, there's a lot of benefits that are, that are around for us with life in Australia, but that does, not, um, that does not preclude people from experiencing poverty in Australia, um, or, or sometimes what we call financial distress. Uh, we talked a bit about, um, we're in the middle of a, a pretty um, you know, difficult financial crisis. There's, uh, as, as Mark was sharing, there's people currently that are experiencing some pretty significant upheaval in their lives with floods and things like that going on, which is going to have a, a financial impact. Uh, but actually, um, you'll, the, the report says that one in four Australians are living in financial distress. That's quite a lot of people. One in ten uh, say they are experiencing acute financial hardship. And there was a report that came out um, by a study by Food Bank that, that was released this week that said 21% of households in Australia experienced severe food insecurity in the past 12 months. So statistically, that means this is happening right here. Uh, there's people right here that we know, there's, it's affecting people uh, you work with, it's affecting 
close friends, it's affecting family. It's not some distant experience, but this is something that we, we see uh, all around us. And coming back to that uh, International Day for the Eradication of Poverty, every time I get that right today, I'm just going to, I'm smiling inside. Yes. Uh, so the theme uh, for this year was uh, Dignity for All in Practice. Now studies show that uh, those experiencing financial distress are significantly worse off when this coincides with being isolated. Or that, uh, or that financial distress often triggers isolation in someone's life. Poverty is not just a lack of material possessions. Uh, poverty is also a lack of uh, relationships. So we experience poverty also uh, relationally, not just materially. Now, as I said earlier, having spent the majority of my adult life in YWAM, so there was a bit over 15 years in, in YWAM, I am very familiar with lacking things materially. That's okay, because I've seen God do miraculous things in the midst of that. Um, but I, I also talked about that season of life when we uh, moved back from Russia back to, back to Australia. And that was, uh, that was quite difficult. That was, a, that was a really difficult season. Financially, it was challenging, but, but even more so, we were in a, in a fairly dark place that was, was quite difficult with a lot of things going on. And, and we struggled with that isolation, that, uh, you know, that feeling just, you know, nowhere, not having that place. Thankfully, in that experience, we had support from, from friends, from family, uh, we had support coming back to, to this church community um, that really helped us through that isolation. But I, I think of that, I think of that season um, and, I, and I understand those feelings of that, that lack of dignity or value or worth. I mean, I've experienced lack materially, um, but more significantly those feelings where I'm lacking uh, when I'm in isolation, when I'm lacking that, that value and di dignity has such a, a great, great impact on, on you. And, and it's the, the lack of things material, the lack of things relationally is intertwined. It's not you experience one here and one there. There's a, there's a lot of that combined. And so uh, all of that is just a bit of a backdrop of uh, what is going on in Australia, um, what, what's being experienced around us at, at the moment when we talk about financial distress. Uh, but now, I want to shift gears and I want to look at the example of Jesus. So we're going to look at the, look at the Bible and we're going to learn about uh, Jesus' approach to that struggle of uh, lacking materially and lacking relationally and, and how Jesus engages with people in that situation. So uh, I want us to look at the story of Jesus um, and, the, and the man with leprosy. So this story is actually in three of the Gospels. It's in Matthew uh, chapter 8, I think it is, uh, Matthew 8, Luke 5, and Mark 1. And I'm going to read some of the verses from Mark 1 today. Um, but actually, if you, just to kind of set the scene, if you follow the story in Matthew, 
it comes right off the back of the the Sermon on the Mount. So crowds have gathered from all over to come and hear Jesus speak, and they are blown away. They say that the, you know the Sermon on the Mount is the greatest sermon of all time. It's a very significant speaking moment. Uh, it says, I think it says actually in Matthew seven, the people were amazed. They had never heard anything like it. They were pretty stunned. Uh, and then Matthew eight starts off when he came down from the mountainside. Large crowds followed him. So they've heard him talking. He said all these great things. Now they're going to follow him and see what he does. To me, this feels like the, the you, know, you, know, you, can, you can talk the talk, but can you walk the walk kind of part of the sermon? It's like, yeah, you've said some nice things, but really, what are you actually going to do about it? So they've, they've come down the mountain. They're... they're following Jesus wherever he goes, even that context where they're going through just the, the towns of the time. It would have been packed. There's, they're narrow streets. They're, they're kind of following, trying to push through, get in close, see what he's doing. And it's in that moment that we come and we look at this story. So Mark 1 verse 40 says, uh, A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees. If you were willing... You can make me clean. Clean. He doesn't ask to be healed. He asks to be made clean. He asks to be made clean. He has leprosy. He is defined by being unclean. Being unclean in Jewish life meant that you could no longer take part in, in the social practices the religious practices of the day. You couldn't go to the temple. Uh, you couldn't take part in the, the festivals. There's very important things in their routines of life as a, as a Jewish person. You, you weren't part of that. You, you became unclean for a whole range of things. So you could be unclean for uh, touching something that was dead. Not something I recommend, but if you did that, you became unclean. Uh, certain different illnesses would make you unclean. But there were rituals and things you could do or a period of time you could wait. And then you would be clean again. The man with leprosy didn't have that benefit. He was in a perpetual state of unclean. He was ostracized. Because of his illness... And because he was unclean, he couldn't take part in, in the social events. He couldn't hang out with uh, friends. He, he, he could never take the Passover. It's really important things, part of everyday life. He couldn't, he couldn't share a meal with his friends. He couldn't do any of that. He was in a place of quite devastating social isolation. On top of that, he was also experiencing that lack of materially. He was, uh, he was not able to, to go and work a job. He was, all he could do was beg. He was truly experiencing that poverty, both materially and relationally. He was, he was ostracized. He was isolated. He was feeling hopeless. He was, he was feeling that lack of dignity. He had no value no worth, and it was every part, and there wasn't anything he could do about it. So he wants to be 
made clean. He wants to be cleansed. He doesn't, he doesn't just want this physical healing, but he wants this, this pain, this, uh, this isolation, this destitution. He wants that to be cleansed. So we're in this moment. The crowds are gathered around. All right, what's Jesus going to do? What's, what's he actually going to do? So we go to verse 41. It says, Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and he touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. These are, this is a, such a significant moment. And so there's important things to notice here. Firstly, uh, this account in Mark has this phrase, Jesus was indignant. So the, the word that sits behind this uh, indignant is similar to the English phrase that is sick to the stomach or, you, or your stomach is in knots. So when Jesus saw this man, he didn't kind of sigh and think, oh no, that's a bit of a shame. He's unclean. No, he was, he was emotionally impact, impacted by this man's state in life. He didn't just think, oh, well, I'll just snap my fingers, you're done, move along. He actually, he felt that pain. But he doesn't just sit in that feeling. He reaches out his hand and he touches the man. No one's done this for this man in such a long time. It's so significant. In that action, it says, I am with you. It says, you are not an embarrassment. He's saying, your pain, it doesn't define who you are. You are valued. More than anything, he's, he's connecting with the man. Not just a matter of snapping his fingers and moving on. He's connecting with the man where he's at. In that isolation, he's entering into that place. So if we cut then to the next verse, verse 42. It says, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. He was cleansed. Not just a matter of healed. He was, he was cleansed. Of course he was healed. We know that. Of course that's going to happen. But he was cleansed. There was hope. His value was, was not being questioned anymore. He was welcomed in. He was included. Community was opened up to him. It's such a significant change. That moment where he steps in and he says, I am with you, cleanses that material and relational poverty that this man is going through. I want to, I'll just, I'll, I'll read through the, the end of the, the story. I'm going to highlight those verses ahead, but just kind of wrap up the story. So it goes to verse 43. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer sacrifices that Moses commanded, uh, that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. That's pretty significant. Offer the sacrifices for your cleansing as a testimony to them. That recognition of that cleansing. 
And then verse 45, it said he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. I mean, there's a, there's a few things in that part of the story as well. But again, it's that, that process of cleansing, being welcomed in this community that's opened up. Now, if you'll let me, I want to take this example uh, just a bit deeper. And I'm going to assume a few things here. Firstly, uh, I'm going to assume that we all agree that God is love. Not a foreign concept, I'm sure you've heard it said a few times. Um, but that's not just an attribute of who he is. It's not just one of his characteristics. It's, he actually is love. Everything of God embodies love. He is love. So the story of Jesus and the man with leprosy is an incredible picture of love. Uh, sometimes we talk about uh, this love as, as this feeling and being all giddy, uh, that warmth and affection for someone. Sometimes we talk about love as an action. Actually, I, I made a note earlier. I was going to say it earlier. I'll bring it in now. But when I write it, it was uh, we were singing the song. When you get the no, that's right. That overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. And we were singing that. And as we were singing that, I look over and I see uh, Veda, who is, uh, as Aaron and I often describe her, aggressively affectionate. <laughs> She loves Ozias, and I look over at that moment, and she's decided to walk over to Ozias, who's sitting quite happily, and she's wrapping up, oh, kisses. I don't know where she learned this kind of baby talk from, but she does it really well. She's come up with loads of nicknames for Ozias, but she it made me think of that overwhelming, never-ending reckless love of God. It's kind of like even when you're like trying to push God away, it's just like he's still going to be in your face. And Isaiah Stephan does, definitely does that. He's like, <laughs> give me some space. But she just can't help it. She's just like, but I just love you. <laughs> um, but so we, so we know about love as a feeling. We've talked about that, that, that giddy warmth. Um, but we also talk about love as action. It says in the Bible, this is not what we. This is. Let me start again. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down His life for us. That action. Jesus, uh, being God and therefore being love, expresses both. This love as a feeling. This love as an action. Love is both feeling and action. Um, Jesus felt deeply a love for this man this man with leprosy, when he saw him, uh, his stomach was in knots. He was impacted emotionally for this man. His, his feelings, you know, were stirred up. But he didn't stay in just a place of feelings that would have kind of led to just having a bit of pity. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, that's a... I, I feel for you. He didn't stay there. He also stepped out. He acted. He stepped into the man's world. He, he entered the pain and the isolation. He reached out and touched him. He said, I am willing. 
So love is this combination of, of feelings and actions. At CAP, we, we use the phrase often to walk alongside as we, as we talk about this feeling and action, this love that is feeling and action, you know, and we talk about this as, as walking alongside. And I was uh, remembering last week when Andre got up and was sharing about communion and he, uh, one of the comments he made, he asked the question, who, who are you sitting and eating with? It's that same question, who are you walking alongside? Who are, you, who are you coming alongside of? At the beginning of this message, I was telling you about the, the experience of those in financial distress and their isolation. And, and talking about the theme for this year's International Day for the Eradication of Poverty. <laughs> Just making sure you're still paying attention. Um, but that theme being the dignity for all in practice. That transformation of dignity and value happens in the context of walking alongside. It happens in the context of the, the everyday. It happens in the context of the sitting and eating. Who are we sitting and eating with? Who are we walking alongside? Uh, since joining CAP, I've, I've personally had the chance to walk alongside some people that are experiencing financial distress here in Newcastle. And I remember, I still remember quite clearly the, the first person I connected with. Um, she, she had contacted CAP and when she first had, had called CAP, she had expressed some suicidal ideas. So it was a pretty devastating experience that she was in at that moment. Uh, I went with a, another support person to, to her place and we sat down and, and we talked through her situation. In, in understanding a situation, um, right there off the bat, there wasn't a lot of things I could do practically straight away. There wasn't things I could just magically be like, oh, let's sort out your financial situation just like that and it's done with. Um, but there was something so much more profound going on in just that moment of taking time to sit, to be with, to not uh, just just uh, kind of look and, and have feelings and like, oh, that's, that's a shame. Or not just come in and try and snap fingers and, and make the, the things all better. It was, it was a, a combination of both and being with this person. Uh, we met up a, a few more times after that initial meeting and, and along the way there were some, some practical things particularly with connecting her with other supports and, and services that she, she needed. Um, but more than that, it, it let her know that she was not facing this difficulty, this challenge in isolation. She was not alone. That that was transformative for her. She still had a, a rough road ahead. It wasn't that her, her financial situation was magically solved, but the hope, the dignity, the value that was there transformed her experience of that challenge. 
you know, we uh, will, you know, still every so often stay in contact. I sometimes get an update from her, um, or I'll, I'll be able to share a, a short encouragement. But but she knows she's not alone, uh, and that's not a reflection of something I've done. That's that that opportunity to to be in the everyday and to let God's love move through that. I want to share another story. One of the guys I work with from a church up in Queensland, and he just a couple of weeks ago shared a beautiful message he got from a couple he had been supporting. So I just took out a few phrases from that message that again just kind of captured that moment. So it says, uh, they said to, said to him, We are so ever grateful to you and your commitment to God for picking us up when we were at our lowest. We recall our first meeting with you and the stressful state we were in, to say the least. But you welcomed us with open hearts and we felt the love oozing out of you. You prayed with us and for us and calmed our fears and stress. You picked us up when we were so low and were there for us every step of the way. This is the, the true love of God that is both feeling and action through walking alongside someone as Jesus would. In, in this experience, it wasn't that he showed up and, and uh, gave some immediate answers and the problem was solved. This was, a, this was a journey they did together for uh, a couple years. But that, that, they talk about that initial meeting, that welcoming, the love that was oozing out, the, the transformation that was happening in that moment as, as the poverty that was experienced materially and relationally was, was being addressed. I think this story of Jesus and the man with leprosy is such a helpful story as we think about who we are called to be as followers of Christ. So there are a few key points I want you to, to remember from what I've shared so far as we kind of consider what does this mean for us. So if we look, we've got, uh, I want you to remember people experience lack both materially and relationally. And when, when I say uh, relationally, um, I think of that lack of uh, our, or a restoration of relationships that happens with ourselves, a restoration of relationships with others, a restoration of relationship with God, uh, and a restoration of relationship with creation. So there's that experience, people experience that lack both materially and relational, relationally. Um, as I've said, love includes both feeling and action. Jesus addressed both material and relational poverty by being with others. And that being with people brings about transformation in the everyday. That that transformation that happens in the everyday is so relevant for us. There was a, there was a thing Mark said last week where, that, where he says that God often does the normal. Sometimes he does the supernatural too. 
sometimes we kind of get caught up thinking like we're waiting for God to do the supernatural and the yeah. out there, the crazy. God often does the normal. Transformation happens in the everyday. The, the transformation, the man with leprosy, was in that moment where Jesus reached out and touched him. It's a very basic action. He wasn't asking, he didn't ask for healing, he asked to be cleansed. Transformation happens in the everyday, when we're walking alongside people. When we are, when we are willing to enter other people's experience, it has that profound impact on the world around us. Again, that restoration of hope and dignity, that restora restoration of relationships uh, with ourselves, others, God, creation. Transformation is happening in the everyday. So the question I have for you today, the question I have for us, for me, um, as we think about who, who we are, uh, not just as a church, but, but as followers of Christ, the question I have for us is, who are we walking alongside? Or even thinking, as, as Andre put it, who, who are we sitting and eating with? Now, I, I pointed out this, at the start some of those very real uh, statistics about the, the financial crisis that, that we're experiencing in Australia at the moment, that, that one in four people are experiencing financial distress. One in ten are facing acute financial hardship. We know this is, this is going to be the case as we talk about some of these extreme situations, people that would have been quite uh, comfortable not, not thinking like, oh, I'm, I'm really struggling financially, are faced with a real challenge as, as these floods sweep through and, and uh, wreck people's homes. Their, their place where they live, that, that sense of isolation when you're put out of that. Um, these are people we know. These are people we interact with in the everyday. Who are we walking alongside? Now, Cap, uh, we, we have a vision. Our vision is that no person in Australia will face financial distress alone. A future where hope, community, and generosity abound so that all will flourish. The way we, we go about this, the, the mission, our approach, is we, we exist to, to equip the church, the Australian church, to equip us here today um, to walk alongside those in financial distress with Jesus at the core. So I, I want to say I, I painted a pretty bleak picture to start with. But we've looked at the example of who Jesus is and that transformation that happens in the everyday. And I want to remind you, the church and Cap, together, we can do this. Um, and again, I'm not trying to put this on the church elders or leaders. Uh, not waiting, we're not sitting back waiting for them to make a decision. I'm saying, you and me. I'm a part of this church. You and me. We, we are the ones. Um, we are the church. We're, we're the ones to walk alongside people. Who, who are we walking alongside? Ultimately today, I would, 
I'd like to invite you to be part of this movement. This movement that is walking alongside people, that is ensuring that they are not facing financial distress alone, that they are not in isolation, that we would be like Jesus with the man uh, with leprosy, and in that every day that we'd be creating a future where hope, where community, where generosity, where that abounds so that those around us flourish. I'm going to give a, a couple options or, or ideas, things to consider of ways to be part of this movement. I want to challenge you, um, but just to invite you to consider this. Uh, ways you can kind of engage with the movement. And I, and I know a number of us are already part of that movement, even without necessarily thinking about it. But prayer. Praying for, for our community and for the flourishing of, of the vulnerable around us. You can, you know, Mark's invited us a few times. Come join in prayer. Be part of, of this movement that is seeing transformation happen in the everyday by praying. Uh, there's an opportunity to, to partner with CAP and to, uh, to be able to give towards the mission. And there's, there's some cards on the seat, and there's opportunity there. Um, you, can, you can give one-off, you can do regular donations, but the, the invitation is to be part of the movement. That it's not just a, a matter of, oh look, I could do something nice and feel better. That's part of the movement. That is transformation in the everyday. That is part of the, the normal. So I'm inviting you, if you, if you would like to, um, take that opportunity to join join this movement. The, the other way we can be involved is, is understanding. Understanding the challenges, understanding financial distress, understanding what our community is facing. Understanding, again, what, what people we interact with every day are facing. At work, um, our, our close friends, our family. Understand those challenges. Um, and as well to be to be equipped to walk alongside. Uh, if if you are interested in, in actually taking that opportunity to try and walk alongside someone to get equipped to do that better, um, that's something cap we do. We train people. We train Christians. We we connect with churches to see churches uh, equipped, trained in a whole range of ways to be able to. To walk alongside someone, to see that transformation happen in the everyday. Um, so, <coughs> um, sorry, I just lost my spot. I was about to say something again. Anyway, uh, that training, as I said, we call this uh, money mentoring. So, if you're interested in in talking about any of this. Um, please come and chat with me. Yeah, I've been chatting with Mark. How how can when I put my cap cap on? How can how can I be better partnering with with us as a church to to equip and and how can we kind of get involved in this together? Um, but if if you're interested in any of these opportunities, 
uh, come chat with me. Um, but it, that invitation is to, to join the movement, to take that opportunity to see the transformation happen in the everyday. I mean, yeah, I'm just going to wrap up in the next couple minutes, but I just, just want to kind of come back to some of those things I've shared. As you, as you consider your everyday, I want you to remember the example of Jesus and how he came alongside that man with leprosy. That was transformation happening in the everyday. I want you to think about who you are walking alongside. I want you to think, I'm not saying you haven't been doing this, I think you guys are doing this, and as Mark said the other week, God often does the normal. Who are you walking alongside? How, how have you been doing this already? And really start to, to lean into that transformation that's happening there. But yeah, I challenge you to, to, to take that, that step and, and actually join the movement. Be part of, of Christians across Australia. Be part of uh, seeing the church rise up as, as a safe place for people in distress. And, and seeing those people not facing that in isolation, but seeing that future, that future hope, that safe community, that generosity abounding so that all will flourish. I'm going I'm to leave it there. Thank you so much. I'm going to pray. I thank you so much for the opportunity to share. Um, I, I'm, I'm very excited about what God is doing for us as a church community at the moment. And so the opportunity to share at this time and, and to, to bring that challenge for myself, um, but for us as well. So I thank you for that. I'm going to pray and I'm going to hand over to Mark. Lord God, I thank you for uh, the way you reached out your hand when you looked at me and you said you are, you are willing. When you stepped into my life in just the everyday, I thank you for that, God. I thank you how you've done that for, for all of us here, that you, that you reach out your hand to us, God. I thank you for that. And, and I give glory and praise to you for the transformation that brings. And I thank you, God, that we are called to be, uh, we are called to be just like you. You call us to, to see that transformation carried out again and again in those around us. And so, Lord, uh, open our eyes as we look to, to the people around us. Open our eyes to see you moving in the everyday, in the normal, and being part of that. Challenge us to step out in those moments, to put our hand out, to reach out, to say we are willing, and to see you do the miraculous, God. You are a faithful God. And we give you all the praise. We thank you, as we prayed earlier, but particularly for those in, in Victoria and New South Wales that are currently going through a real challenge. God, that they would not be left alone, but that you would enter their situation. That there would be, you know, you would use us, you would use the churches around them. Uh, that there would be those that would step into their world, God. 
We pray that that would happen here in Newcastle, in Highfield, around us, that we would look out. We would see you move in the lives of the vulnerable, those in distress, that we would see the transformation happen. Because you are a God who is love. And I thank you for that. We give you praise. Amen. Part of the challenge we have when we face poverty, it's often we don't, sometimes we don't engage because we've got no idea what to do. So any resources on the CAP website that'll help, no need to necessarily do the, men, the mentoring course, but any, any tips that the CAP website would have just on how we can walk, walk beside someone? Mm. Yep, so there's stuff there? Yeah, yeah, so there's, uh, you'll find different uh, articles, blogs, posts like that that kind of give uh, opportunity, uh, advice, tips, yeah. how to how to engage. That's great because often, often it's like someone pulled out a broken car on the side of the road. Sometimes you know, I can't stop because I'm not a mechanic. Who else does that? I, I can't. I can't possibly help that person. So, uh, but sometimes just stopping, offering your phone. There's stuff you can still do. Don't avoid. Don't avoid people because you feel you've got nothing to get. Uh, but there's still opportunity to upskill or get some more information. So if you've got more information about any of what Sam said, see him be hanging around with uh, his kids. Um, uh, but thank you so much. That was just uh, so good. We go to uh, we go to close with um, the battle belongs. And that was you, you can sit down. Thanks, Sam. Uh, let's sort of sing with me a duet. Uh, give another big hand.